Hello, and welcome to this, a Plan B, second choice edition of Room Temperature Suite. I am your once and future host, Chris Walker. And I'm, what day is it, Santino Tartaglia, the guy who can't remember where to put the nickname in his name. Well, today is Sunday, and we're here. Arctangent has passed, summer is winding down, and there's a couple notable releases from last month that we should talk about. First up, Toe put out an EP on August 22nd called Our Latest Number, which checks a couple of boxes for me. One, it's great, and two, it's got some gorgeous vinyl variants. I didn't look at the vinyl variants. Instead, I only listened to the music and specifically noted how sad it was. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people have said, too. Um, If I could maybe maneuver into a what could be a regular segment on this show, Bandcamp Reviews. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad we had the same idea. All right. So uh, first up, BB Gang, or is it is it Baby Gang? It is a gang of babies. I kind of like Baby Gang a little better. Baby Gang says, sad emotion made by toe. Fuck, I... Okay. So that's a big check mark for sad, melancholy music. If you were to look over at my notes, I have that in my notes, completely independently of you. You know, we don't even need to take notes anymore because we're just on the same wavelength. Calamari says, Toe have progressively gotten more melancholy, and this EP makes my heart hurt quite effectively, <laughs> while still being a great active listen. So, I, I can we just go back to Sad Emotion by Baby Gang, just, just for one thing? Yeah. I like reviews that aren't a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> That's I do too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because there's more that you can say with a sentence fragment than you could ever say with a sentence. Yeah. And uh, you can quote me on that. Uh, Gibral says, more of the same good stuff from Toe. A little less crazy drumming in this record, but their sound is evolving in a cool way. Speaking of crazy drumming, uh, how'd you feel about, what is it, the third song on this? Where they used that same drum beat from the past. Yeah, so there was a little bit of scuttlebutt around this on the internet when I was looking for kind of what the response was to this album. This came mm. up. Um, someone was really mad that they, quote-unquote, reused the drum beat uh, off of a song from For Long Tomorrow, um, which to me, that it sounds like a cheap criticism of the album overall. Um, I feel like, and I don't know if this is setting the bar low or what, but there are entire genres of music based around a single drum beat with very little room for interpretation. Um And I know that's kind of an oversimplification, but if you look back at rock history, um, there's not a ton of innovation going on when you take like the whole genre into account as far as drum beats go. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I I mean, I just feel personally, too, that uh, Kashikura Takashi has more than proven that he can come up with a unique beat. Just listen to you can turn on any song by Toe and he's kind of like got his bone a few days right there. You, you really you really have to worry about him stealing from himself, quote-unquote. I mean, you can hear the police already coming to arrest that guy. Yeah, the cops are coming for that guy. They're, they're already coming for him. Uh, it's actually... So for me, uh, the main member of Toe that I listen to is exactly him. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say his name because I'm just going to fuck it up. I can read <laughs> it, but I can't say it. Uh, I, I'm always there for the drums. That's always been the band. So, it, I don't know. The, the drum beat, I get... You can't not notice it. So if you haven't listened to this EP yet... Or are they calling it an album? I don't know. No, it's an EP. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if you're if you haven't listened to it yet, the song basically kicks off with the same drum beat from what is that song called? Uh, the song is "You Go," uh, which is track eleven. If you're looking for it on your copy at home, if you're playing the home game along with us, <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure everyone is. That yeah, that so you can't not notice that's the same drum beat because it, it, this song kicks off of it. Yeah, and I think it's especially because it starts off just drums by itself. 
and it's mm. the exact same thing. Like if it had come a little bit later on, I think people may have, I, I don't want to say they wouldn't have noticed it, but they might not have just called it out as like, you know, a reuse, Right. but they use it in the same way. I like to think about it more as a repetition of motif. I'm not going to say it's like a, yeah, it, it, it's like it, a reuse. It doesn't bother me. And I don't know if this is unique to United States or if this is a global thing, but I do know that the way our, our copyrights work, you can't uh, copyright accompaniment to any song. Mm. And a song is kind of defined by its melody and a melody is kind of is defined by three notes. Uh, drum and bass, generally something that you can't copyright or any rhythm section. So from like a, can we use reuse the same drum beats? It It's never been an issue for me. Although I'll, I say this as someone who also like picks on ACDC. <laughs> that was my exact example that I was going to think of <laughs> is you can turn on any given song by ACDC and it's just the same. I don't, it's not the same guy too. They replace them like every year, <laughs> but they're just like, Hey, do what the last guy did. <laughs> no room, no room for interpretation. Yeah. So, uh, other than us picking on this drum beat for a while, uh, my favorite song was the last one, which I don't know if you pronounce it as far or if it's F underscore a underscore R, but whatever. Yeah. That, that song, uh, the saddest one on the album, it builds up and builds up and then it stops. And I liked that a lot about it. Hmm. And uh, the vocals on it were, were pretty, pretty sad. And I, I like to be sad, <laughs> in case you don't know. I want to sit here and cry. Well, um, it's good to know that you agree with Baby Gang. And I do want to get one of those vinyls really bad, but I'm trying to be, trying to be good about spending less money. <laughs> but it looks, so, it looks really, really nice. Um, it's got this awesome artwork, and I'm a sucker for good album artwork. How's the the actual vinyl itself? Is it is it black? Is it so they have a um, they have a pure white one, and on the back they have because it's just you know it's a short EP. So on the B side they've silk screened the uh, the album artwork, uh, artwork on there, and then they have like one of those white and black mixed ones. It's called like got the, like the dribbles of black and like a white base. Ah, oh, it's so cool. Makes me think of the um, I have the I think it's like a yellow and black dribbled into clear of uh hear you which is their last album that took forever to get to me because they had a bunch of problems in the vinyl plant but it was so worth it <laughs> but it sucked because i got it like it was probably six months after the album came out so i had a digital copy of it and then by the time i got the record i like never listened to it because i was already kind of like done listening to that album for then and i haven't yeah. come back around to listening to it again <laughs> that, that's sad so it's just sat in the sleeve and i looked at it a bunch but that's it I just hold it up and stare into the sun, and then I stare at my record. Um, and moving on, what else came out last month that you liked? Uh, Weary Eyes, True North. So the other thing that came out this month that I was into uh, was a band that I didn't realize was as big as they are uh, when I first listened to it. Mm. And I guess that's maybe a theme for me, because I think that's already happened to me on this podcast at least once. A couple times, yeah. Yeah. Uh, discovering bands that people all around the world already know, that's, that's my thing. But if you didn't know who this band was, Weary Eyes. They're an instrumental, maybe math post-rock band, I guess is what I would call them. They released an album called True North. Um, I think the album is a concept album. I couldn't actually find it to be confirmed outside of just one quote on their band camp, which is, uh, if you ever feel oppressed and astray, find your True North and you'll never be lost again. And that qu they have quoted that to Captain Nowhere, which I found... There's a band called Captain Nowhere or, mm -hmm. or a performer of some sort. Uh, there also seemed to be a book, so I wasn't sure what direction to take that research. Um, but uh, to describe the music itself, it, it was kind of like 
all these like cool effects on guitars and great pads and these synthesizers that fill out this large space and they have a fucking like class act for a drum and bass section. Uh, kind of reminded me of like a Japanese band, Mono, if you're familiar with them, except if Mono was more to the point and had elements of the band Evbatoria Report, specifically in the direction of how the heaviness went. Uh, and if I were to just kind of throw a song at you, I'd, I'd recommend either Captain No More, Nowhere or Your Battles Are Over, the latter, because it's a really dramatic song and I'm into that sad drama, and Captain Nowhere because it has kind of a classic math rock sense to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album, it, it's the kind of thing that in like early college would have like really done it for me. It's the kind of thing that when you guys introduced me to like 65 Days of Static, like the fall of math, mm-hmm. it kind of fell into that like... I don't know how to describe the distortions or whatever, but that that was that was the thing that really got me into math rock, where it was like somewhere between heavy and just interesting. This is that kind of thing. How does that work? How's True North work? You know, the magnetic poles of the Earth come together. I don't. I the thing about True North that gets me is is there a false North? <laughs> like I've never like when someone says yeah, you know, South. True North. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I guess South is false North. But then you would just call that true south. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I don't understand. Is there another type of north that isn't true north? Yeah, false north. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. If someone if someone points west and goes, that's north, you know. That's false north. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me show you the true north. <laughs> I'll pull out your compass. Compasses always point to the Earth's magnetic north, yes. Uh it depends on where you are. Oh, I, th- that's I, th- I think it's the closest pole. If you have like a, a working compass, I, I've had many compasses that simply didn't work. We're getting into our North uh, Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere discussion again. Yeah. Somehow. Like, so if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you take out your compass, <laughs> it'll say North, but that's actually South. The compasses that I've always had, it doesn't actually point to North. It's just a red arrow that points to the most magnetic. And mm. what you should do is adjust your compass while you're holding it to to bring the you should generally know what hemisphere you're on i think is the idea yeah so you should bring the either southern or northern part of the compass to the red arrow so you will know okay if that's south then that's west and that's east that kind yeah. of thing yeah the album itself though like overall impression of it uh it was fucking cool man i would want to play it on a loud sound system i, I think that your buds wouldn't do it justice I have a release for you that is coming out on September 28th, and it is Mental Knife by Hail the Sun. Uh, This is a band that I had never heard of prior to this, but they got two songs out right now. One, uh, the title track, Mental Knife and Suffocating Syndrome, which you can listen to over on their Bandcamp. And the easiest way I can describe this, if you like Circa Survive or any of the bands that Circa Survive spawned, you will like this as well. I was listening to you listen to it. I have to very agree with you. I yeah. straight up thought you were listening to Circus of Life. Yeah, it's a very good it's a very good impression of it, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's it's hard to describe. If I guess if I had more of the vocabulary of knowing knowing what chords are which <laughs> just by listening to them, I could probably tell you. Yes, it sounds like that because it's a G minor chord. Uh, but I don't, I couldn't tell you, but it's got those same, they stay in that same wheelhouse mm. and the guy, the singer is doing his, like his best impression. Anthony Green impression. Yeah. Anthony Green. But don't, don't at me. I think it's Anthony Green. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is Anthony Green. And 
he I act that's that's the reason that I thought you were is because he sounds nearly exactly like him mm. again mm. not not a bad thing yeah it's no if, if you're into that if you're waiting for more circa this will this will scratch that itch for you but uh what do you uh what do you got up on the docket for September okay so something that I've always been into are bands like Dillinger Escape Plan and Mr Bungle and maybe someone else that listens to this is in that kind of wheelhouse no, uh, remind me Mr Bungle mm. is the the band from. What's his name? Mike something uh, of uh, Faith No More. Oh, Mike Patton. Mike Patton. Yeah. Mike Patton of Mr. Bungle fame. Uh, that's his band. And there was a feud with the Red Hot Chili Peppers for, <laughs> because of Anthony Kiedis. Well, okay. <laughs> he, saw, he yeah. saw Patton performing with Faith No More and accused him of imitating his style. Really? Yeah. I've never gotten that impression. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, that's... I don't get that from Faith no more. <laughs> I just think of like that super high nasally. You Would want it, it all. Yeah, because that's the only song I know by <laughs> but Faith you, no But more. you can't have it. Does the rest of their song sound like that? No, they don't. I, oh, wait, you mean Faith no more? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't listen to Faith no more, oh, but uh, Mr. Mungle does not sound like that. Speaking of my upcoming album, maybe you're into <laughs> these kinds of bands. Maybe Just you know what Mr. Mungle track, sounds please. like. And maybe you know what the Dillinger Escape Plan sounds like. Uh, if you wanted that, but with less screaming and less distortion that I do. comes with it, uh, then an album I would throw to you is, I <laughs> I can't pronounce one of the words in the album, but Say it. the Clariofactant and the Flatulent Ghost comes out <laughs> September 7th by a band called Doom Shrugs. Um, I, they have, I think it's three songs available for you to listen to. Uh, it, it was really fucking cool. It was it was imagine it literally if you just if you if you liked calculating infinity by Dillinger Escape Plan, just remove screaming and remove distortion and this is that album and it was like dissonant and all over the place and it was fucking cool. So. Uh, kind of number twelve style also. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of like that. Um, that that's actually what I'm looking forward to right now. Uh, mm. I'm not sure when this album uh, this podcast is going to drop. Because once again, I had to travel for work, and I just got back, and it's currently September 2nd. Yeah. Uh, this album comes out on the 7th, so we might miss the date. That's okay. That's okay. Because even if people have heard of it, and they're already listening to it, they'll be hearing this and going, fuck yeah, yeah, or <laughs> I listen to that and it sucks. I, I, but don't, I don't think anyone would say that. If it comes out afterwards, and people haven't heard of it, it doesn't matter, because it's new to them. Yeah. I mean, it was new to me, for sure. Uh, big shout out to whoever puts that list together in our writers group. I think Tiago puts it together. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Hey, Tiago, thanks if that's you. If it's not you, it is you. Take the credit anyway. Take the credit anyway. Yeah, don't but let I see us that stop it's you. you. Yeah. So we had big plans for this episode. We were going to have Delta Sleep in the studio with us. Yeah, maybe you can hear four other microphones recording right now. Yeah, we're recording everything. Yeah, uh, we still have them set up because I had to rent them. And uh, God damn it, we're going to get use out of them. Yeah, I'm going to take a picture, actually, and I will post it on uh, this album's landing page. Just so, you can see, just so you can see the empty mics. And I do have to say in front of the microphone that I'm at, so that it's going to be this kind of cool, canted image <laughs> that's going to look really good when you look at it on the internet. Yeah, we... This isn't a lie either. We actually, uh, my partner baked a bunch of cookies. 
So yeah. we, have, we have a fucking metric ass load of cookies to eat. I, I'm not complaining. No, they're I really mean, good. They're good. They got salt um, and chocolate chips. But the reason Delta Sleep's not here is uh, because they had a date in Boston that was, the venue was moved. And uh, for some reason, this venue. Wait, was it New York? No, no, no. So they, um, uh, they were at, I forget where the original one was, but it got moved to Great Scott in Boston, which <laughs> doesn't open their doors until 10 p.m. Why? So the show likely didn't start till 11. Oh my and then God. there's three bands on the bill. I think they played with uh, Invalids and someone else. I can't remember right now. Um, but there's a good chance they didn't get out of there until 2 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we had to drive around because we didn't have a hotel lined up. And I mean, by the time we were sitting here waiting for them, they were like, hey, sorry, just woke up. Yeah. Which <laughs> And then they had to get to New York. Um, for their show and they had, you know, it's like a three and a half hour drive. So they're like, we just can't make it. So we're going to try and work out something else to get them back in maybe next month or something, but maybe a Skype or something. Yeah. And I think like beyond the, just the regular sort of review and giving some notes, like we are, we're probably going to get some more in-depth insider info on it rather than, yeah, I'd rather talk more about production mm. and mm. what they like. And honestly, just not about the album, just talk to them and see what they're into. Yeah. That, totally. sounds, that sounds more interesting to me. Now, you mentioned that you joined Reddit recently. Yes. And uh, if We're you recall... We're talking less than two weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll be leaving, leaving very soon. Because <laughs> all of social media is just a, a landmine. I will tell you, minefield. I, I wrote one comment and immediately got crapped on. Yeah. yeah. And I, it wasn't even a negative comment. Yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote something like, hey, like someone wrote a polite question. I went, hey, I have the same question. And... 14 people just immediately downloaded it. Fuck you. The, the first guy deleted his own comment, but my comment remained. So I received all this like hate and I'm like, oh my God. Somebody doxed you and sent like a dead rodent Dude, to your house. It was actually awful. Like I'm like, shit guys, I just, I just had a quick question. <laughs> but speaking of Reddit, if you recall, um, we now do a segment called unsolicited advice where we take to Reddit. Uh, we find some questions and we answer them apropos of nothing. Yeah. So I got two questions uh, uh, lined up for you this month. Uh, and the first one, and you can take some time to think about this if you want to. Um, I lined up a couple that I'm going to talk about first. Yes. Um, they said, what forward-thinking band slash album never got the recognition it deserves? And you can keep this in the the math rock kind of orbit, or you can go outside. That's fine. I have two. Okay. Um, but first, I'm going to just read what this person said. They had a couple good ones. Uh, Q and not you. No kill, no beep beep. Uh, these arms are snakes, ox and ears. Does these arms are snakes have members of Russian circles in it? Uh, I don't know. I think they do. Uh, I think uh, I think Brian from Russian circles is in that band. Either way, uh, and Cave in Jupiter. Um, I wanted to throw two in that uh, uh, into that list. Kilimanjaro, uh, which if you know the band as tall as lions, they were kind of like a. It's hard to how to describe. They're I guess just like a general indie kind of group hmm. um it was right around the time that they were breaking up a couple of the members went to form this kind of ambient jazz improv group called kilimanjaro i remember this um so they have two eps just called one and two um the first one was totally captured all live they just improved and then the second one they captured live and then they did some after editing and they dropped in some other samples and stuff. And that one sounds, I prefer that one. Uh, the second EP, it sounds really good. Um, cause I could, I mean, most of it was tracked live and that's fine for me. Um, and I think they have a live album as well, but it's just, man, it's, it's some of the coolest sort of stream of consciousness jazz. 
but without having, I don't know, it doesn't have that like jazz quality to it. It just, it kind of is like, uh, it's like, it's like progressive ambient music with jazz instrumentation. And I'm going to leave it at that because I think that's a really good sort of hook to get people in. Yeah. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention um, is Riverless by Night Idea. And these guys are from Richmond, Virginia, uh, like a lot of the bands that I like. Uh, and this is, it's, it's, it's in the math rock orbit, but it sounds like it was pulled straight out of the experimental uh, or psychedelic period of like the late 60s, early 70s. But with all of the time and experience that came from all the decades that happened after that, with sort of newish production that sounds old, it's really, really cool. It's hard to get your head around, but it's yeah. it's it would be right at home in today's experimental or progressive uh, uh, kind of pantheon. But it would also, if if someone threw this record on and they had sort of scuffed up the vinyl a little bit, so there's a lot of pops and clicks and stuff, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's just that's a band straight out of 1974. Uh, so those are my two. I think those two albums are very, very forward-thinking, uh, and they, I don't think, get the recognition they deserve, because I don't think a lot of people know about Kilimanjaro, uh, and I know for certain Night Idea is not as big as they deserve to be. One album that I think doesn't get enough recognition, and it kind of does because of who made it, is, uh, are, are you familiar with the band Sear Rose or Sicker Ross, or yeah, how you yeah. pronounce it? Uh, the singer and his partner... Uh, released an album under the names just Jonesy and Alex or Jonesy and Alex. Uh, they have an album called Rice Boy Sleeps. Um, I think it's actually like it's somewhere between famous. Like, like people have heard of it. Like I, I think I can walk up and talk to people about this album. Mm. I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves as a. Uh, it, it's it's not mathy. It's kind of it's it's arrhythmic and things happen. Uh, it has been on my it, whatever my music player is from an iPod phone to whatever it is has not left since the album came out. And it's one of maybe three things that has not left. And it's, it's not so much that it's forward thinking as it is like, I, I've talked about before how much I love like a, the drone kind of sounds stuff. Uh, it's, it's the album that I think leads. It's like, I, I haven't, I've yet to find anything that comes close to matching it. I've, I haven't, I've only found one artist who seems to understand the like, you should still record what you're playing. Like, like you don't have to go on a computer and just randomly put shit together. Like this is an album that wall arrhythmic is deliberate. Things mm -hmm. keep getting added. Like, like you might get maybe Tim Hecker or Danny Clay come close, but th this is like the only album for me, uh, that, uh, so I guess the shout out I would throw if you're, Everyone knows DJ Shadow, or I hope everybody knows DJ Shadow if you don't. If not, they should. Yeah, and his, his famous album, End Troducing, gets a lot of praise. Yeah. But I want to throw out, uh, I think it was a re-release of it called Excessive Ephemera. Another word again. Ephemera? There you go. Where every single song has like an alternate take or like it's before it was cut down to two minutes and it's eight minutes long, that kind of thing. Oh, is this like from the sessions that made End Troducing? Uh, I, I guess you, yeah, I guess it is. Some of them are like, like that one song that everyone knows with the piano and you have that guy talking about how he learned the drums. Like it's before those dubs. Got I think it's in every like car commercial. Every, yeah. Why yeah. is it in every car commercial? I, I don't know. It's fucking wild. Yeah. Like I think it was, it was like a Lexus commercial or something. I'm like sitting there, <laughs> sitting yeah. there and with my, my girlfriend's family and I'm like, 
why is this car commercial got such good music? I was <laughs> yeah. like, this is I'm like, oh, it's DJ Shadow, of course. Yeah. Or it'll be like, so everybody, the song Midnight in a Perfect World is on there, mm. but it, it, you get to hear that whole poem where you hear the guy going, Midnight, Midnight. Yeah, you get to hear the whole poem. Like, it's just stuff like that. That album, nobody knows. And whenever people know about introducing, they don't know about the alternate album. And I'm like, you got to know about that. They go hand in hand. Uh, and then the last, I'm not going to get into albums because I'm not, it, there's too many albums. Uh, just Frank Zappa in general, I don't think kids our age listen to him, know him. And I hate that they don't. He's a hard nut to crack though. I, I know I like Zappa just like from what I've heard here and there, but I wouldn't know where to start with an album and I couldn't name a favorite. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's exactly my problem. Yeah. With, it's hard. Like it's cause he's got a pretty big catalog. Huge. Um, I, I usually recommend to people just, just get, he, he has a, a best of collection called strictly commercial start there. Um, because it's stuff from all over his discography, but, uh, chic your booty <laughs> is a fucking fantastic album. Uh, with with the hit Bobby Brown on it, Bobby Brown goes down. Which, just the lyrical content of his songs were forward. That, that it was, that alone. But then he had these professional musicians like Math Rock. Not not to say that it's a joke compared to him. That's not at all what I mean. But I mean the people that he had playing in his albums are like, no one skimped. On, like they could be playing the fucking triangle, and it was mm. like the world's leading triangle guy. Like it's. It's it, it's amazing, and I, I want you all to get into it because it's both fun, like the albums don't take themselves seriously, and then like he has a, one of his best songs to me is a song called "The Muffin Man," and it's about a guy who is a muffin. It's fucking hysterical, but then it's impressive, and you hear it, and you're like, "This is amazing music. It's emotional. It's got unbelievable. Oh, you know, he he fucking makes up his guitar solos as he goes. Wonderful stuff. Years and years. It it. It fits in today. It fits in back in the day. It's awesome. It's timeless. And phenomenal mustache. Phenomenal mustache. It was. It's one of, I'm going to say top 10 mustaches. Probably oh, top yeah. five mustaches of all time. Fuck yeah. And you got that, that little little patch below yeah, it's, it. It's the little, the little soul patch really ties it all together. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, another question that we found on the Math Rock subreddit. Um... Looking for some math rock that's great for, as the kids say, getting hella lit, fam, in quotes. Uh, hey, dudes and lady dudes. Oh, good. There's more. I thought that was it. I've been a huge math rock fan for years now, but most of my catalog is kind of depressing or really depressing and moody. I'm looking for some good, fun, upbeat, even poppy math rock that's great for just feeling good and getting happy with myself or friends. Now I have a couple lined up here. Is that what lit means? I, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was like party music. Yeah, I thought I thought he was trying to say, you know, what's the best to to get high to? Yeah, what's the best to smoke up and yeah, you know, just to, really to, get to lit. commit arson to that. Kind um, of thing. But if he's just looking for some good, fun, upbeat, even poppy math rock, that's great for just feeling good. Uh, I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend three right in a row, and I'm going to keep yeah. them short. Uh, Fish Tank Ooh. Uh, from the UK. It's poppy. It's really complex. The guy has. Uh, he doesn't really. Uh, dial back his his uh, his English kind of accent, which I always find is really really cool. Yeah. Um, and their songs are generally just really really happy, but they can turn on a dime. Uh, also, Fang Island, um, who are kind of kind of locals around here, um, but they're kind of like. And so I watch you from afar with some weirder sounds. Picture like 
uh, all hail bright futures, those kind of strange tones they were going for. And our boys, art contest. Good times. Maybe you can go surfing to it. You can definitely play some sports to it. You can definitely throw a Frisbee around to it. It's good. Good for hanging out. Good if you're skateboarding. Uh, Good if you're rollerblading. Uh, Good if you are just being outside, getting, feeling, getting, feeling good and happy with self or friends. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll also give you three really quick. One, uh, I would I would say invalids, honestly. I feel good. I listen to them. I put them on. I'm feeling great and happy. Yeah. I could say, yeah, you might have a song in there that's melancholy, but not so much. Another one that would hit you with, if I was skateboarding, Post Madonna. I'd throw that on. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, put on Post Madonna. That'd be fucking great. And then to, to also bring it back and keep it local, 14 foot one. Yeah. Honestly, man, especially if you've ever seen them live, they're just fun dudes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I know I tried to squash this beef before, but I just want to say, Brad, uh, where's my seven inch man? <laughs> you never got it to me. Not I again. thought we, I thought we worked this all out. I bought that seven inch and you said, yeah, I'll get that to you. Yeah. I've Nick, seen you a bunch of times since then too. I, I went to his studio and, uh, went to a party there. He, uh, oh, you I, ended up going. Oh, not only did I, Hey guys, fun, fun fact. So 14 foot ones from down the street, I guess, uh, went to his studio, uh, and as I was leaving, he wanted to say goodbye to me, I guess, because I kind of Irish goodbye it. And, That's my uh, favorite way to leave. I hate the, making the rounds I, when you're I, in a I gathering. Like, I like making the rounds. I'm, I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not a very popular or social person, or maybe I used to be and I'm not. And so I, I, I kind of saw my exit. This is my time. He fucking, from the darkness, because so to give you guys a description, big empty parking lot, one street lamp. That's it. Yeah, and, and it's kind of tucked back like by a river in the woods in like in between like these old brick yeah. mill buildings. So so uh, if you're not from New England, uh, there's a lot of old mill buildings yeah. uh, because this is, you know, where the American Industrial Revolution really took off was in this area. So there's a lot of these old buildings that date back to that time period, 17, 1800s. And a lot of them have been repurposed. Um, a lot of them are like luxury apartments and stuff now, or they've been turned into other things, but some of them are just like left to crumble. Like they were turned into warehouses, probably like in the mid, uh, uh, 20th century. And then some of them have just fallen apart. So there's like a bunch of like half demolished (laughs) mills. And then if you go down, there's one, you're right. There's one street lamp in this gravel parking lot. And then there's big, nice studio there. Yeah. Uh, and for one, they expanded the studio, which we'll talk about off air. But um, yeah, kick those fucking uh, uh, karate kids out or whoever was next door making all that noise. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So I'm pulling out, and the this one street lamp that we talk about is as far away in the parking lot as you could as you could be from the studio. Um, and I'm driving towards this street lamp from the driver's side of my car um, because I hadn't turned on the music just yet. I just hear. And I just hear something running away. And then I see him sprinting towards the streetlight. He fucking runs all the way around my car like twice. And then stops in front of it with his hands on his hips. And he's like, hey, Santino. And I'm like, what? And I open the I open the door of my car. Not only does he get in there to keep talking to me, he leans on it. So I, like, I have no chance of getting out. And he's like talking to me. Uh, the street's a one way. The parking lot's a one way. And I was driving the wrong way because I just needed to get out fast. Uh, cars... Obviously, of course, at fucking midnight, a bunch of cars start coming towards me and block me in. I look at Brad. I'm like, yo, dude, come on. Like, you got to go. You got to get out of here. He 
Deadass just goes, nah, man, you're fine. And just leans <laughs> while these cars just stare at us. And he just keeps talking to me about like how sad he is to see me go. It was fucking funny. Yeah, honestly, that, that anecdote does a lot uh, to describe Brad, I think. You yeah. get a good sense of the kind of person he is. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Yeah, so 14 foot one would do it. All right, that's that's it for uh, all the that's all the questions I had from from Reddit. So there's your September edition of unsolicited advice. This month's band name is going to be called Sweat Sweat Sweat. Can I uh, can I ask you a few questions about Sweat Sweat Sweat? I guess you can, but we definitely said that I wouldn't. I wouldn't expand upon. No, sweat, no, sweat, I'm, sweat. I'm not trying to. I just want to really get it down so people do it right. Right. Um, so is it? I'm going to give you a couple options here. Is it sweat, sweat, sweat? Just the three words by themselves, or is it sweat, comma, sweat, comma, sweat, period, or periods between all of them, or maybe exclamation points how is uh, what i'm asking is how is the punctuation working between these words i was thinking all lowercase sweat 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 with commas or swt 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 okay now that you mentioned lowercase i kind of like sweat 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 with no spaces okay yeah use any of them yep Hey there, listeners. It's your old pal, Chris, here again. And we had another good month of ratings and reviews. Y'all are really going out there and doing a good thing. But I got a bone to pick with you as well. I'm looking at the top 100 podcasts right now, and I see Up and Vanished. I see the Joe Rogan experience. I see Serial, This American Life. I even see Dr. Death. What is that? You know what I don't see? Room temperature suite. You know what else I don't see is car talk, so we must have fucking just shit-talked those guys into oblivion, so good call on that one, but if you want to see us in the Top 100 Podcast, you're going to have to go out there and keep rating and reviewing, giving us five stars for doing this thing and pouring our hearts out for you every four weeks or so. If you want to pour your heart out to us, you can hit us up on Facebook, go over to the Fecking Bahamas Facebook page, talk to us there. Leave some comments, like some stuff, say how much you like the show. You can send us an email at roomtemppodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'll throw that link in the link dump over on our landing page. Uh, and that's about it. Apparently, you can find me on Facebook. Someone did that. Oh, yeah. You can look him up on Facebook. It's apparently really easy. Yeah. Uh, so search him out on Facebook. Uh, don't search me on Facebook, though. You know, don't search either of us on Facebook. Just go to the Fecking Bahamas Facebook page. If you have a question for us, leave it there. Don't find us on the internet. Um, I don't really have any ideas for other segments for this show, but we can talk about fire cupping if you want. <laughs> so we saw a band, we saw Drafts Drafts and somebody else play in boston a few years ago yeah it was uh at the aforementioned great scott yeah um and the olympics was on at the time and we were just kind of sitting around at the bar waiting for the the show to start and they had the olympics up on the tv and we're just sitting there sort of riffing on whatever's going on in the olympics and we're just bullshitting about it 
uh, and we notice that Michael Phelps is up there, and he's got all these weird little like round bruises. round bruises all yeah. over his body, and we're like, "What happened?" <laughs> and so we try to we we start trying to figure out getting to the bottom of what's happening. We're like, "Are his teammates beating him with socks full of oranges? Like, is he?" Is he giving himself these hickeys? Is he like, is he in a relationship with someone who just has a really round mouth, um, who's leaving these weird hickeys all one over the, his body? Yeah, we we all we almost came to the conclusion that he was dating one of those fishes at the bottom of a tank. Yeah, that just which would make sense because he swims real good, just like a fish. So like maybe he's got some other fish-like tendencies. But it turns out that he was in, engaging in some kind of alternate therapy called fire cupping. Uh, we watched, there's a really nice video on YouTube called what is fire cupping. Yeah. Uh, I will put the link in the link dump for you on this landing page. Um, and I guess I'll try and describe what this is. (laughs) You, uh, you lay down and a technician, uh, has some fire and a little jar. If you've ever seen like a preserving jar, it's kind of like those. They stick the fire into the jar and really quick throw it onto your skin. And then your skin sucks up into the jar. And they say it increases blood flow. And I don't know what that, I mean, did, yeah, did, to that area. But like, did, uh, didn't they say that it increased uh, red and white blood cell production or something? Could be. I don't, I don't exactly remember. This ended up, not to go off of fire cupping, this did spiral into us watching a fourth grader explains the fourth dimension or something. Oh shit! No, that's a really good video. Also, yeah, um, which we we shouldn't talk about that. We we can stay on it. But I I I lost everything about fire cupping when he told me what the fourth dimension was, which literally boiled down to him saying, "You need to understand mathematics." And then he didn't explain it, mathematics at all. He, yeah. So it was awesome. So if we're gonna circle around and make this relevant to our podcast, yes, um, fire cupping becomes irrelevant once you understand mathematics, um, which will help you to understand the fourth dimension. Right. Um, and the fourth dimension is time is what we discovered. Yeah. And math rock has interesting time. Yes. So uh, anecdote that I think we skipped or maybe we brushed over too fast. We, we, when we were watching the Olympics at the time, we did, we did a, uh, an alternate universe. I don't really know what you'd call it. We just started out loud guessing how he got those bruises. I, I'm going to say we, we made some, live michael phelps fan fiction <laughs> yeah and uh friend of the show crispy james was with us we're actually in his apartment right now in case you're wondering why it sounds so echoey and um he, he has a large table so delta sleep they would be over there um at the table with us but yeah, guys if you're listening we got this table just for you and if you could see how big it is you'd go wow that's sizable they could fit I, yeah. us and cookies i think you might be really impressed with the size of this table i'm not trying to like yeah. get you back here or anything but so we did this live Michael Phelps, whatever, and Michael Phelps fan fiction. Yeah, which uh, I won't give you guys all the details. I'm sure you don't care that much because you're, you're here for Math Rock. Um, we have one more segment in Box Zero coming up, so look forward to that. In the meantime, uh, basically, Michael Phelps hazes a bunch of kids, him and Ryan Lochte, and Ryan Lochte's the mouthpiece. So yeah. just imagine like a line of kids. They're all wearing those swim robes, you know, and they're all standing. They're all sh- they're all shivering in a basement, and there's candles. And Ryan Lochte's like screaming at them. They all have to like hold like just bags of, of oranges and, and bars of soap. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like 
what is it? Self-flagellation or flagellation? Flagellation. Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to kind of like uh, like religious punishment when you would lash yourself on the yeah. back, you know, because Flash. you'd sinned. I said flatulation. Yeah. <laughs> Self-flatulation. When you, you, you fart on yourself. You fart. Well, actually, what you do is you fart it to a cup and then stick it on someone's <laughs> naked back. <laughs> the, the air escaping will suck because oh. of the, pre- the pressure differential. Uh, yeah, of, of, It'll suck the air into it. But that's a different, yeah. that's a different topic altogether. Yeah. Um, so they're supposed to be performing sort of a self-flagellation with these uh, um, socks full of oranges or bars of soap or marbles or something. Yeah, and uh, this one kid is kind of too scared to do it. So so Michael Phelps, he he hones in on this kid. He sees him, and he, without saying a word, he just gets right in the kid's face. And the kid's like, I, I don't want to do this. Please, please help me. Michael takes the robe off. He's just wearing a Speedo. The Speedo is black. That's it. It doesn't even have a logo. It doesn't even say Speedo on it. Without saying a word, he just screams at the top, like, ah! and as he's doing that, all of the, like, Ryan Lochte and the rest of the swim team, not the new guys that are all standing there, watch as all of those guys pull out their long tube tops and just beat Michael Phelps. <laughs> and he just stands there and takes it screaming in this kid's face while the kid, like, cowers. Uh, I don't remember how we delivered it at the time. But it was apparently good enough where people at the bar in front of us turned around and said, please keep going. This is making the Olympics so much better. And we actually had to keep like just yeah, making really up this whole it. story. Uh, I hope I hope listeners that us recounting a time that someone said we were good at storytelling was good for you also. I think what we can do, uh, if you're interested, um, we can structure that a little bit more. We can write. I can write out this Michael Phelps fan fiction. We can do it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we can release a dramatic reading of that if you want. We can drop in sound effects. Oh my god. Um, we can have yes. different people do character yes. voices if yes. you want. Yes. Um, yes. So if you want, if you want that, just go leave. Do this. Don't tell anyone we told you to do this. But go on uh, the fucking Bahamas Facebook page and say, "I want the Michael Phelps true story." Yes. And you post that to our page. If, if there's one person <laughs> if we can get one like on this idea i we will do this yeah no guarantee on a release date because i'm about to start my semester at school and uh things happen sometimes but <laughs> but we will do it and that's a promise that's a promise inbox zero baby uh oh do you have a can I don't. I drank the last seltz. I know. I saw you with those polars the other day, and I was like, I was thinking about asking for one, but they're they're always in such short supply. You never want to like we take bought three else's. boxes, and we were in short supply between two people. Yeah. How sad is that? Oof. So got got two of them for you this time. Um, gonna we'll start we'll start with an album. Uh, a Portland, Oregon three. Uh, Portland, Oregon, United States three piece band called Honeybender. In August, they released a self-produced EP called Super Chill Surf Vibes. Uh, delving into the aesthetic of the band camp, though, the color choices are not chill. They are distinctly unchill. They are neon yellow and green and pink. Uh, the music, though, way more chill than the upfront obnoxiousness of the colors. Uh, the EP itself includes a demo, a few acoustic tracks, and a remix, and two, I guess what you would call fully realized songs. Uh, while that's not my preference to have so much bonus content on an EP, especially because it's the first time the EP came out, 
Uh, it is all welcomed because the first acoustic track on the album, which is the third track on the album in total, uh, turned out to be my favorite for one. And two, it had an unexpected, because up until this point it was, there was no vocals, an unexpected chill vocal melody that carries you through the entire second half of the song. After listening to that, I went back into their releases, which comprised mainly of singles and one other EP named White Bear. Uh, both of the acoustic songs on this EP can be found in their fully realized versions on this White Bear EP. Uh, I would give this EP to my friends for sure. This is actually a fucking good, good EP and a solid band. And seems like they're coming out with music fairly quickly. All this stuff was only out in the last, like, I think two years. And it, it's, it's a good amount of stuff. Uh, any listener who's on the fence... Uh, it's a name your price band, so you can throw them anything that you can. Um, I think more albums should have bonus features. You think so? Yeah, I kind of miss the days when um, when when DVD really started kicking <laughs> off. You know, I still yeah. had a VHS player at the time because my family was not what you would say rich. Um, but when we did get our DVD player, one of my favorite things was all the the kick ass bonus features you'd see because they just they they threw shit on there because they just felt like they had to. Now it's like you're lucky if you get like a behind the scenes thing or you get a commentary track or something. But I feel like albums are kind of the untapped market for bonus features right now. I think I think the thing that I hate about it is that you can only get it from where you can get it. So it'll be like the iTunes exclusive track the. Uh, that one that is owned by Jay-Z exclusive track, you know, and like mm. I, 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 all I ever want is the comprehensive all tracks version. Mm. And usually I want the album that they intended. And then at some point I want to re-release that has demos or, or uh, how I mentioned before that DJ shadow has the album. And then he released another album with those versions. Mm. I like that separation. I actually own a Jimmy Eat World album, uh, Futures, for anyone mm. who likes Jimmy Eat World, where I have it came with the album and then all of the like pre-studio versions of songs. And I, I actually like that separation because then then you're not immersed in the album so much as you are immersed in the band. And I like that. That's what I'm saying. So when you when you get a movie on DVD, there's the play movie option, but then there's like there's a separate menu for you if you want just the bonus features. Yeah. And so yeah, keep them separated, but throwing that extra stuff like i didn't know this and i don't know how you even get it but it's on the only place i found it is spotify but uh, all hail bright futures has a track by track commentary version so it's like song and then commentary by a member of the band and they just talk about the song and then next song and then commentary track it's fucking awesome i didn't know that existed either yeah it's you super weird and there's a couple extra songs on there that i never heard it's very cool but huh. i think that should be that should be the norm you should you should get a little a uh, little extra little bonus feature I like that. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea, but when it's the first time the EP came out, when there's four bonus songs and two fully realized songs, I think they went too much in the bonus content. That that was my issue. It's um, like Lord of the Rings at that point. Yeah, that was 30 my... hours of bonus features, and I mean, it is 12 hours of the movie, but yeah, the uh, ratio's off, is what we're saying. The other band that I have for us uh, for this segment of Inbox Zero, baby, is... Cody Noon of Reading UK. Uh, they hit up the Facebook with an album called Double Dark. It is a two-piece band writing what they called bedroom rock. It's instrumental soaring sand, uh, soundscapes going for like a darker sound, something that's trying to be a bit more perilous, you'd say. Perhaps it's not exactly even math rock and it maybe falls more into the post rock or some sort of thing like that. But I bring it up because they contacted us and I listened to it. 
The album has these kind of reverb, distortion, heavy sections that I love, and I actually really like the tones of the bass and the guitar on this album. comes off as very DIY, kind of like an early 65 Days of Static or something kind of like that. But here's my issue is the drums. They, they do not do heaviness throughout the album. It's like... Um, Okay, so here's the thing. For one, this segment is not meant to be about reviews, so I'm not really trying to review it. I just wanted to bring up the band because they hit us up, and I think that they deserve this. But I want to announce that dance electro drum kit sounds, to me, are not dark or to my taste. So when you have these like dry electro drums, that they're slow. Like It's not like a fast beat or anything, but the kit sounds kind of like an 808 on the kick drum. Mm. And then you just have these like slow, distorted guitars and basses. To me, it was off-putting because like the bass and the guitar are in these giant reverberant spaces, and then it's just boom, ta, boom, ta. It didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I usually talk about the tones that get me. This is the tone that got me. Uh, but clocks in at only five pounds on Bandcamp, and if this is, if if you are into that kind of sound, if that doesn't bother you, I, I would recommend checking it out. And I think this is a band that you shouldn't miss out on supporting. And there you have it, Inbox Zero for the month of September. Baby! We, I'm not going to promise that we'll have a, a sound effect intro next time. But we might. Baby! Christopher? Yeah? We've talked about all the math stuff that we listen to. And, we have. And maybe even about our fan fictions. What have you been listening to this past month that wasn't math rock? Uh, I got back into an album that I really, really love called Part the Second by Maudlin of the Well. Uh, And if you're not familiar with Maudlin of the Well, uh, they have a pretty weird history that seems to be becoming, uh, seems to be becoming a little bit more um, common is they started out as a death metal band, essentially, or Mm -hmm. like a kind of like a black metal thing going on. Um, And over the course of three albums, kind of shed that entirely. So the first album, uh, Bath, is very, very... Um, and it's basically just a black metal album with... You know, they'll have, like, some other instruments and stuff in there, too, kind of um, more, like, uh, orchestral uh, uh, instrumentation. Uh, and then in their second album, they started incorporating a little bit more of that stuff. And they disbanded in 2003. Uh, and then they just came back, I think, in 2008 or 2009. And were just like, hey, everyone... We want to make one more album. If you want to help us make it, great. And they crowdfunded it, and they came out with this album uh, that I like. It's my favorite of them. It's five tracks. It's about 40 minutes long. And there's no, like, hints of black metal or death metal at all. It's all, like, this orchestral kind of progressive sound. Um, But what really gets me about it is the tones are, like, indescribably good. Like I, it's, it's, if you were to create like, like a platonic ideal of this is, this is what a guitar sounds like. And this is what a drum set sounds like. Like, this is the example you would use. If you had like a perfect example of what those instruments sounded like, like the space on this album, it's, it's so hard to describe, but you feel like you are in the room in a way that I've never experienced on any other album before. Holy shit. So it's fantastic. So I, I would recommend if you are into uh, like sound purity, if like you're just into progressive music at all, it is fantastic use of 40 minutes of your time. So I have maybe the opposite end of this. I don't 
I know that we actually talked about it on the website. Drunk by Thundercat has been the album I listened to. Mm. Um, anyone who doesn't know Thundercat, uh, very similar to my, my, my whole thing about Frank Zappa, you got to know Thundercat, man. Thundercat's too good. But with Thundercat comes a bunch of other stuff. So for one, the album Drunk, if you, if I, I listen to it. It doesn't take itself too seriously, lyrically, content-wise, but the music is astounding, beautiful, amazing, and he brings in motifs from earlier albums like Apocalypse. Uh, I even got into, I wouldn't say a fight, but a fight with one of my friends about which album was better, which is always fun. Uh, but very importantly about this dude, he's like a fucking genius, and nobody knows who he is, but like he... Like, okay, so he's Grammy award winning. And if I brought this up in casual conversation, no one would know who he was. But he got a Grammy for helping write Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, he works with Kamasi Washington. Him and Flying Lotus are like uh, boys. He works with like, uh, if you're into like Vic Mensa or like Mac Miller, those kinds of dudes. Um, he literally was in Suicidal Tendencies. Like this dude's incredible. And he, he can do, from what I've heard, virtually every type of genre that you want. But then... His own album, going back to Drunk, it's just bass-led, like solos on the bass throughout, but then it'll be like these melodies that at at first you'll hear like the rhythm section, you'll be like, okay, yeah, it's good. It's not the best. And then all of a sudden this very interesting melody gets layered on top of it. And it's that much better. And it's, the dude's got like crazy pink hair. Man, I don't know. he's, He's a showman. He's what I want from a showman. And then... Uh, I didn't know how to say this without bringing up Kendrick Lamar. So going back to the pimp of butterfly, Thundercat was very heavy in the writing and bringing in other instruments and other people into the album that brought me to listening to both of those albums as one, like drunk into pimp of butterfly. If you haven't listened to pimp of butterfly it was one of my all time favorite albums. And dude, he does the, just the bass on the first song of to pimp of butterfly Wesley's theory. He just does a bass solo throughout that whole fucking song, man. It's indescribable how fucking cool this motherfucker is, man. Shit. I listened to Whip of Butterfly. I listened to Drunk. Um, I like a lot of Flying Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say out of my, out of those like three, I, I, I like Flying Lotus the most. Um, and I listened to Kamasi Washington also. Yeah. Um, if you know, yeah, they're I've all. I've never gotten through the entirety of the epic though, like in one sitting. I've never. It's like <laughs> three hours to, long. I've never been able to, like, but I have seen it in stores and picked it up. And it weighs more than a small child. Yeah. What's crazy about it is he came out with that enormous album and then another one just a couple of years later. That's like the same length. Yeah. How the fuck does this guy do it? Dude, I'm telling you, this, this, that crowd of dudes. Okay. It's Guys, nice. I know that we all talk about math rock. Get into this crowd of dudes. <laughs> Unbelievable. From hip hop to jazz to fucking. What, one of the songs off of Drunk is about it's about being friend zoned and how like he'd rather play mortal Kombat, and that if you don't bring game don't even fucking waste his time like yeah man and then at the same time he's writing these like games like mortal Kombat. yeah and then he'll write like to pimp a butterfly which is this like politically emotionally charged album it's all over the place and it's fucking wonderful and that's where we should end the episode that's where the episode ends see ya bye Room Temperature Suite is produced and hosted by Santino Tartaglia and me, Chris Walker. Nick Hunter is our managing producer. Our theme this month is the 7-inch version of Floorboards by Roz and the Rice Cakes. Outro theme is Rocket Lightbox by Fight Cloud. 
Bump music provided by Trying Science, Yikes, and Lucent. You can find links to all those songs and everything else we mention on this show's landing page at feckingbahamas.com. That's the spot for our full catalog of articles, interviews, videos, and tons of other buttery smooth content. Hit us up with your ideas for the show or if you'd like to see your music featured over at roomtemppodcast at gmail.com. This episode was recorded in the aviary at Primrose Studios in Rhode Island. Ha <laughs> ha!